Hola, bienvenidos a todos. Glad you're here. Glad I'm here. No drawing today. I'm so sorry to disappoint you. But I was asked to share a few names and faces that maybe you should be familiar with uh, in honor of Black History Month as part of one of my book research parts. And it starts, of all things, uh, with my family. Yes, the bow tie goes back a, a long way, I'm afraid. The house that we lived in was built in San Antonio sometime during the teens and 20s, and it was a white neighborhood. And by the time my parents bought into that neighborhood in the late 50s, it was half Hispanic and half white. And with a Mexican mom and a white dad, I felt right at home. What was kind of unusual at the time, and I didn't realize it is right across the street, was the one black family in town, or at least that part of town. And it was Mr. John Moore, and he was retired military. He'd been a cook in the army, and you could tell he liked to cook and he liked to eat, and he was a friend of ours. And one of the biggest favors he did for my dad was told him and guided him through the application process to be a part of the U.S. Postal Service. That was a job my dad loved. You see him in uniform there. And a job that he continued with the entire adult life that he had when I was a kid anyway. And I can remember he always requested old neighborhoods where the mailboxes were still by the door because he knew he would be probably the only visitor for a lot of those elderly people. I don't have a picture of John Moore, so I kind of sketched him from my memory of what he looked like to my four- and five-year-old eyes at the time. So I dedicate today to John Moore. And I was teaching in San Antonio before we moved to Lubbock, and I taught at Isles Elementary School. And every day I would take my students out of my classroom and down the hall for P.E., for art, for music, for lunch. And we'd walk by this woman's picture, and I knew that's who the name of the school was named after, but I didn't know who she was except that she was a teacher. So one of the names you need to know is Ella Carruther Isles. We didn't have education for black students in Lubbock until 1920. That teacher that came lasted a month. In 1921, we hired another teacher. She lasted a year and decided she didn't care for this place and left. In 1922, Ella Carruthers came to town. She had taught in East Lubbock in the Temple, I know, Brenham area for about 10 years. And she took the job, and there wasn't a school, so she taught them at her church, at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Eventually, there was a school, but that was much later because she started with 40 kids, all different ages, and then 50, and then 100. And when they got to 150, the district decided maybe she needs some help. And they hired a second teacher. It would be a while before they built an actual building, and it was a two-room building, and they hired a second teacher. And he taught the junior high, middle, uh, high school kids. She taught all of the elementary kids. As the school grew and they actually built a real school, she would teach first grade because she wanted to teach kids literacy and get them excited about learning their very first year. You didn't need a uh, college education to be a teacher back then, white or black. You just needed to pass a test after high school. She passed it, and she knew that she would be a better teacher with college education. From her front door to the front door of newly constructed Texas Tech University, three miles. But she couldn't attend because she was black. So she used her own money every summer to go to Prairie View A&M, and over 10 years, she finally finished her degree. That's some of the reasons that I admire her, and she's one of my heroes. 
Another name you might should know, if you like music, is J.T. Braxton. J.T. Braxton was not from Lubbock. He was not born here. During World War II, he signed up like many young men did. But because of his musical talents, they put him in the Army Band. Every one of our uh, military services has a band. So he spent World War II playing at all official functions for the U.S. Army. He then played in bands across the country as he finished his degrees. He eventually ended up here in Lubbock and taught band and orchestra at our middle school and East Lubbock High Schools. He just died recently. If you were sick, you might see a doctor, but you sure weren't going through the hospital doors if you were black. Uh, they didn't see black patients. Dr. Chapman came to town and decided he was going to be that doctor for our East Lubbock residents, but he didn't have hospital privileges because he was black. So what did he do? He built his own hospital right there in East Texas. He also created and built, funded a house to put all of his nursing staff in until they got married and had their own housing. He was well-respected and served on several state boards as time went by. Jerry Gray is another name you might want to know. He's actually from Lubbock, graduated from Estacada High School. He was a strong student and also a great athlete. He ended up, I know, I know, at the University of Texas playing football. He went on to play for the Rams and then uh, saw that he had a gift for understanding the game. So he coached for Green Bay. He coached for the Titans. He coached for the Vikings. He's just been named as the assistant head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So it's fun to watch what he's doing. Virgil Johnson is a product of Lubbock, graduated from Dunbar High School, decided to be a teacher, but he loved to sing. He took his first job in Odessa, and he decided he had some great voices among his high school students. So he got these four boys together, and they created a, a, a group, if you will, that had a number one hit and several other songs that were on the charts. Uh, and consequently, they thought that was going to be their future. But because the other four members of his group were high school kids, they couldn't travel. They had to be in school. So he had to make uh, the choice. Was he going to follow uh, singing or was he going to stay in education? He stayed in education, came back to Lubbock, served as the principal at Estacado and at Dunbar High School. Edmund Henderson was not uh, from here either, but he came here uh, as a fireman with Reese Air Force Base. He wanted to work for the public or the city of Lubbock Fire Department, but they didn't have any black firefighters. And uh, there were some hoops he had to jump through. He became the very first black fireman on the Lubbock City Fire Department in the 70s. That's not that long ago, folks. Uh, he stayed. He met his wife here, and he liked the community. I had the privilege of teaching his son, who is now Dr. Edmund Henderson and serves as a principal in the Dallas area. Edmund uh, Henderson went on to Mansfield, uh, where he served as the fire chief for Mansfield in the DFW area. Dr. Charles Henry was one of those educators from another part of the state who ended up teaching at Dunbar. And like other teachers, he needed to make uh, money on the side. He was a science teacher, and he served as an orderly at Dr. Chapman's Hospital for Black Patients. He got his master's degree and then decided he wanted a doctorate. He was accepted as one of the first black doctoral students at the University of Texas. Unfortunately, in his science labs, no one wanted to partner with him since he was the only black student. Finally, one guy who was from the Northeast decided he would be his partner. They ended up with the highest grades in all the science classes in the labs, so then people decided maybe they would indeed visit with him. He came back. He continued to teach here. He was the very first black staff member of the Texas Tech University Medical School. Lived around the corner from me, was a good neighbor, a good friend, until he passed away just a couple of years ago. 
And then next, you see Willie Lusk, and he loved to make boots. He had an incredible talent for that. Uh, And he did that in San Angelo, but he wanted to have his own shop. One of his customers in Lubbock said, I'll front you the money, but I want you to have your boot uh, shop here in Lubbock. So he moved to Lubbock, and that's what he did. He was incredible, and he made boots for the stars. And our young people here probably won't recognize any of those faces. But our older people will probably recognize most, if not all of them. They were on TV. They were on radio. They were in movies, and he was making boots for them. When we first had a high school, the uh, teacher, uh, who was then the principal, went ahead and became the coach, even though he was an academician. And he knew nothing about sports, but he said, I'll be the coach so that you guys can play. We finally hired a real football coach, Mr. Coach Hill, and then we hired eventually uh, Coach Mallory. And he had served in World War II, and I believe he also served as a cook. But he ended up coming here to be a teacher and to take a team that had done nothing and try to make them into something. They won not one, not two, not three, but four state championships right here in Lubbock, Texas at Dunbar High School, and they were runner-up another time. He turned them into winners, uh, something that people didn't think was possible based on their history and how they played in the past. He also was noted for bringing the Harlem Globetrotters to play against his Dunbar High School team in the Dunbar Gym, which eventually became Isles Elementary School, as a fundraiser because they needed additional uniforms and the district didn't provide new ones every single year, at least not for Dunbar High School. Eugene Rookamore was not from here, and he served in the Korean War, but he came to Lubbock thereafter because he'd heard good things, and he was our first professional photographer in East Lubbock. And he took pictures of their weddings and of their birthdays and of their family celebrations. He took pictures of them at church and at parades. And if you go to the Southwest Collection, we have a historical section where you can look at old photographs by the white photographers, but nobody valued his photos at the time. So unfortunately, the negatives after he died all ended up in the city dump. I had the opportunity to do a search, and I found those few photos that he had taken in somebody else's collection. Very few have survived, but he made memories for a lot of East Lubbock families while he was here, serving as a professional photographer. E.C. Struggs was known as Prof because he finished his master's degree, and he was one that did that much like Ella Isles. He went on a train to Prairie View and eventually finished his degree at the University of Michigan. That's a long way to take a train every summer to finish your degree because you can't go to a local university. In any case, he served as the principal here, and he stayed because he said blacks were treated much better in Lubbock than they were in East Texas where he'd been an educator for 10 years. And so he served as the principal at Dunbar, and he was the one that was the first coach, even though he knew nothing about it. But he was a beloved principal, and he was a principal for 35 years. And one of the boys on that last team that won a state championship came back as the coach at Dunbar and won another state championship, and they dedicated the season to E.C. Struggs before he left, and they ended up naming a new, brand-new middle school in East Lubbock for Professor Struggs. Teresa Wheatley came here because she heard that Dr. Chapman had started a hospital and she was a black nurse. And again, not too many places you could work. So she took a job working as a nurse at Chapman Hospital. But while the other schools in LISD had a full-time nurse, they hadn't had one at Dunbar. And finally, the district decided, yes, they should have one too. So her claim to fame is she's the first nurse, not only a black nurse in, uh, in Lubbock, Uh, Chapman Hospital, but also for Lubbock ISD. 
Jimmy Moore is a little closer to home. Jimmy Moore grew up down the street at Morton uh, and got to go to state as a basketball player three times, went in a bronze medal, a silver, and a gold, and then LCU got him to come play here. Why is he here? Because in 2001, he became the first black head coach at LCU. Shortly thereafter, he became the first black AD, athletic director, at LCU. Uh, so he plowed new ground, just as the others did. Uh, he served as my associate principal at Estacado and now serves as head of the uh, Children's Home of Lubbock. You're probably wondering, how did that picture get in there? That's my youngest daughter and her family. Bo, her husband, graduated from Lubbock High in Texas Tech in finance. Uh, we complained when they moved to Dallas with our grandchild, but then they moved to Portland. And that's a long way to go. We've been there 30 times in the last five years to go see grandkids. So why is there a picture here? Because Bo is 29 years old, and last month he served for the first time on jury duty. I didn't know what his case was. I was reading about a case, but once the case was over and settled, then he could talk about it. And it turned out he was on a case, a jury, for Rose Wakefield. One thing you may not know about Portland, and not, 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 just, not just Portland, it's the entire state of Oregon. They have a law. You may not pump your own gas. When you go to the gas station, it doesn't matter if it's full service, if it's Costco, if it's 7-Eleven. There, there's a paid attendant who will take your card, ask you what you want, put the card in, give you your card back, pump your gas, give you a receipt, and then you go. They don't do anything else. You don't pump your own gas. Rose Wakefield knew, knew that. She lives there in Portland. She gets her gas on a regular basis, follows rules like everybody else, but she went to a gas station, was kind of low, and the guy went past her car and took care of the other car, and then the other car, and then the other car, and he kept going by and he wouldn't do anything for her car. And she finally made eye contact with him and he said, I don't serve black people. He was 19 years old, 19, and he says, I don't serve black people. And honestly, in 2023, that just hit me. I don't, don't get that. I mean, we wouldn't say, I don't serve soccer players. We wouldn't say, I don't serve people over six foot tall. We wouldn't say, I don't serve people who wear caps in the building. We wouldn't say, I don't serve people who wear hoodies. And yet here he was saying, I don't serve black people. His supervisor didn't write him up. The company didn't give him any additional training. But then this finally went to court and they got everybody's attention. And my son-in-law got to be a part of that. We kicked off Black History Month with Reggie Dial uh, speaking to you right here in this chapel. And he ended chapel saying, reminding you that we, doesn't matter whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, we are in this together. Someone you didn't hear from, Bill Stubblefield, was one of the parents there at Estacado while I served as principal. And he was interviewed a couple of weeks ago as part of Black History Month on one of the TV stations. And as he was talking about the black experience and his black experience, he said, we have come a long, long way, but we have a long way to go. And there's some truth in that. So to close us out today, I want to remind you that we're just people. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter. We're just people. And what did Jesus say? He didn't say it as a suggestion. He didn't say it as a recommendation. He gave it as a command. He was talking to his followers, and we are still followers of Jesus Christ. And he said, you should love each other as I have loved you. We're commanded to love like Jesus. Keep that in mind. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for John Moore and the friend that he was to our family and the guidance he gave to my dad. 
I thank you for those names and faces that we just went over and so many others who were trailblazers, who were the first to do something here in Lubbock, Texas, but we know that there were first all over the country. And they took abuse, they jumped through extra expectations and hoops, and yet they persevered because they knew it would make a difference, not just for them, but for those who followed. I thank you for this generation, this young generation, these college students who are here, Lord, and I lift them up. I pray that you will guide each one of these individuals, these men and women, and may they find their calling. I pray that you will fill them, fill them with a desire to love and to serve and to help. And I pray that every one of these young people will seek you and that they will find you and that they will serve you and that they will love you and that they will make you smile. In the name of Jesus, may we love like you. Amen. Go with God.